The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings and nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka. We're talking savings investments on the Max Out Savings Show. Happy New Year, the start of a new year, 2020. And uh, it's already started out with a bang, and I think it's going to be quite an interesting year. Uh, Now is the time. It's the start of the new year to to increase your savings, build up savings. Uh, They did a study, 51 uh, of of different, what are you going to be your New Year's resolutions? Fifty. The big number one resolution was to improve finances, and and there's a lot of ways to do it. Make more money. Uh, be I, in my opinion, the best way to do it is increase savings, which is is hard to do, and I understand that. But now's the time to do it. Go to your HR person, increase your savings uh, for your 401k. It should look <laughs> at an absolute minimum. Absolute minimum. Most 401ks match something, so you should at least take advantage of the match. Some of them match 100% for the first 3% or 5% or whatever. Some of them will match uh, 50% up to 8%, which means if you save 8%, you get 4%. Well, that's like getting a 50% return in your money, or if it's 100% match, 100%. That's free money. So at least pick the free money up off the ground. They've made some big changes in the new uh, Secure Retirement Act that just passed at the very end of the year, was attached to the spending bill. We wrote about that in the, in the Max Out Savings Report about a week ago, a week or two ago. And um, it, it's it's going to force more companies into, uh, if, if you join the company, you're automatically enrolled into the 401k plan. But the 401k plan, 403b, 457, these qualified plans are the best way to build up money. And so now it's the start of the new year. Turn the page start over and increase your savings if you haven't done that. We've talked about it in the show since 2006 and uh, well, time flies. Uh and talking about at the time the savings rate was uh, 1%. It's moved up dramatically since then. We said there was a savings crisis. People said, "Hey, we've never heard a show about savings ever." And and uh some people called in and they had 20% savings, 25% savings rate. So you should be at least to be able to do 10. If you can't do two and you're doing zero, do 5%. Take advantage of the free money. Make that commitment. Make the New Year's resolution about saving money. That's what the majority of the people in the country are now doing, which is exciting. And so so we'll see what happens there. Uh, we're talking some today on the show about you know, more savings. Uh, what what What's the outlook for the new year? What are the big changes we're expecting? So we got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, you can catch the show live anywhere in the world by going to uh, ten seventy the am ten seventy the answer dot com, or you can go to the just Google in ten seventy or knth and go to the website, hit the listen live button. You can catch us anywhere in the world. Uh, you can also catch the podcast. Uh, they come out, uh, I believe, by Monday. They're on there. Go to the podcast tab, and, and, and I think I still think we're running on Sundays. They've added us on Sundays on the Mac. I think three o'clock as well. So a lot to listen to in the Max Out Saving Show, uh, and a lot of ways to participate. This is a live show, of course, on Saturdays. Uh, you can you can reach us by, and have a question about the markets, about your your savings, IRA rollover. Uh, in anything, uh, just give us a call at 713-339-1070 here on the Max Out Savings Show. Or you can also go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. That's our website, maxoutsavings.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. A lot of ways to participate. Now then, where do I start? You know, I, I tell you what, I was I was sitting around watching TV. And I think I was watching Tucker 
on uh, Monday night, and all of a sudden, this little thing, hey, we've got a, we've got uh, the the special report that uh, that was what was his name, Salami, Salami uh, was uh, was killed. The uh, the head of the Iranians Quds forces, and this. You know, I was shocked when I saw that. The first thing I did is I kicked over to the, to the, uh, to the um, Bloomberg station just to see what the futures were doing overnight, and they really hadn't moved. And it was a big surprise to me because, uh, you know, this was a, I was shocked. I was genuinely not many things really shocked me, in 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 the fact that uh, that he he took him out was. Uh, was pretty amazing. It's just there's just no no doubt about it. I mean this this was a solemnity. This guy was very powerful, uh, and you know I, I'm surprised they hadn't done it over time. But everyone was afraid to take him out. And, and you know some thing, people don't realize this is the guy that was running the the Kuds operation, which is which is the kind of the 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 the, the strike force for the Iranians. And uh, but he was also put together a terrorist group uh, of, of, of groups in uh, back in Lebanon, in Syria, in Iraq, Yemen, uh, with the civil war down there. He was behind all of that. He was behind pushing the Iranian revolution in these other countries. And, you know, people don't realize he was in the process of taking over Iraq for Iran. You know, they, they think there might have been a coup or they were going to do something. They were trying to, they were trying to engineer something to get the Americans kicked out of Iraq or to stir things up. There was anti, there was anti Salomini protest in Iraq, the, the anti-Iran protest because the Iraqis are tired of, of, of the Iranians trying to take over and infiltrate the country. And, and people don't realize, I mean, they took this guy out as he was flying in to meet with all the commanders for the militias he set up. How he how he came to fame was he was some nobody in some backwards thing, and he raised up a, a group of people to go fight with, with the Iraq war, and he brought he took them over there and, and, and started his own uh, command, and then he started bringing people together, and it caught the eye of the Iranians higher up, and, and then they promoted him. And so he was he was going and he was telling the militias to start attacking the Americans. They, you know, people forget the American bases have been attacked 10 times in the last two months over there. And uh, and we you know, we really hadn't done anything. Keep in mind, they shot down one of our drones. Donald Trump turned the other cheek and didn't do anything. And, and then they, they attacked the Saudi oil facility. Same thing. We tried to sit there and we said, look, we'd like to have peace in the region. And then they were sabotaging the oil tankers in the Persian Gulf uh, as as well. And, 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 and all of these things started adding up. And then they, they, they attacked another American base and killed an American contractor and wounded four American soldiers over there. And then the next day, they, they, then we bombed their, uh, one of the uh, uh, Iranian uh, rebel facilities over there. And the, the militias that they put together in Iraq, and it's actually a, a sovereign country of Iraq. And, and and the next day they attacked our embassy as well. So he flew in there, and he was going to coordinate more attacks on Americans. He had to be taken out. Uh, this should have been done a long time ago. I you know I don't blame President Trump or, or Pre- President Obama or Bush for not taking him out because it, it's going to cause a lot of problems. It's going to affect the markets, but really. The Iranians backed us into a corner and we had to do something. Here is the fascinating thing about this is Ayatollah Khomeini, he came out and said, uh, the quote was, you can't do a damn thing about it. You know, when Trump said, look, we're not going to sit. No, you can't beat that out because that's what he said. That That's verbatim. Okay. Now, some of the papers did. Okay. Some of the papers actually said, quote, you can't do anything about it, but that's not what he said. And so, so, you know, so Ayatollah Khomeini taunted President Trump when he said, look, you, you can't, we're not going to stand for you attacking an embassy. And he basically said, the first quote is what he said and, and basically said, you know, well, the, President Trump can do something about it. He took out the key man in Iraq. This is a huge story. 
And uh, this guy, you know, people forget he's the one that in, he came up with the shape charges that they exported to Iraq and Afghanistan, which were used in IUDs that killed hundreds of Americans and injured thousands of Americans. He is responsible for that. And we and again, we have always given given this guy a pass. And uh, and and and. and uh, I'm not even bringing up all of the thousands and thousands of Arabs and Muslims he's killed over there as well. And so this guy was a modern-day Adolf Hitler type, and, 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 and something had to be done. So this is going to affect things. Uh, oil prices have gone up, uh, about $62. Oil jumped up. I, I think there's another shoe to drop on this. We'll have to kind of see how it plays out. Uh, the Iranians really—it it really, it really did— what Donald Trump did was very similar to what uh, what uh, Osama bin Laden did. And you go, Ted, what do you mean? Well, people forget on 9-11, the day or the week before 9-11, uh, they, he, uh, Osama bin Laden took out uh, a guy named Massoud, Massoud, I believe, Massoud, in the head of the Northern Alliance in, in Afghanistan. He was the one person that, that everyone in Afghanistan rallied around this Massoud guy in the Northern— and so he realized that the Americans would come in, and, and so he took that guy out so they couldn't help him out. Basically, we did the same thing over here. Trump realized that in order to get Iran, in order to slow them down, in order to force them back, the uh, I had to take this guy out. Now, here's the question. Iran can come to the table and try to come up with a solution and uh, in, in basically come up with a peaceful solution and back off of their terrorism, or you know, there's going to be some type of war eventually. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. Uh, but but this is a major story. I was shocked by it. I do think it's it's going to affect the markets. Uh, it was very muted. But keep in mind, when we do something big like this, oftentimes the market rallies up by the end of the day, kind of a show of support. It really didn't quite do that. It's had a big run into year end. And uh, so we'll sort of have to see what happens over the next couple of days. But but the, the this story with Soleimani is a big deal. I, I, you know, people are genuinely, there's not many things shock people, you know, people, this thing completely shocked an enormous number of people on all sides. It, you know, it, it was interesting. You could even see like CNN, no, no one really knew how to even react to it because no one even considered it. Interestingly enough, word of this leaked out ahead of time and, uh, the New York Times, a New York Times op-ed mentioned doing using using um, uh, hyper hypersonic missiles to take him out, which I think I think they were trying to warn the guy personally. At the I think someone was trying to warn him because uh, it was a completely preposterous op-ed. It is the, the day or the day I think the day before they came out on that. And in that, someone ought to look at that because that guy has uh, he has connections into the NSA and somebody knew about this and leaked it out. And, and, and the guy, if he would have picked up on it, we could have missed him because of that. But that's another story. Uh, so anyway, uh, big changes there. Uh, big changes, what to do for the new year. We're going to be discussing that here on the show as well. Uh, uh, what, what what we're kind of seeing for the new year coming up, and we're going to, going to expand upon that. But I'll tell you what, we're about to sit here and take a break, and we'll be right back and go over some of the big changes for 2020. It's going to be a very momentous year. You'll be back right here on the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. 
If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. I wanted to touch base on some different themes that we're looking at uh, next year uh, for for the mar. Actually, this year for 2020, the year's kind of started out, and one of the things that 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 really has kind of been going on is really sort of this bursting of the of the venture capital and, and tech bubble over time, and and the the amount of money the the SEC is actually looking at at adding at lowering the requirements for uh for accredited investors i think it's like uh, 250,000 in income or a million dollars net worth and they're looking at lowering it and one of the reasons they're doing is is because all these institutions and wealthy people have made a fortune in the venture capital area and and uh now they're losing a fortune but but um and individual investors are going. Wait a minute! How is how are all these people and how is Fidelity and everybody else getting involved in these things? And why can't the average person get in? Because there's literally a trillion dollars going into trillions of dollars going into this area, and and, and so you can't kind of restrict investors from that because it's been such a it's such a massive asset class. And so they're looking at making some changes, but but what happened is is. That bubble is kind of starting to burst, and it's been bursting for a while. I mean, it, the big one is, of course, was Uber. People forget Uber came out. It was supposed to be so hot, and it was priced. And it was actually priced underneath where the last uh, one of the one of the tranches came in at a higher rate. Uh, uh, I, I, I want to say that the, one of the tranches were sixty billion market valuation, and I want to say it came in at forty five. Uh, IPO'd at that, or it came out at 55 and then dropped to 45. And so the people in the most recent one that put the private money in have lost money. And then then we had the WeWork situation a number of months later where WeWork has pretty much blown up. And and, and, and again, I think it was another $60 billion valuation, and, and it went down to about $15 billion uh, valuation and with, with massive losses for the people over the last couple of years in the venture capital world that put the money in. And and what that did is it triggered all of these companies out there. They're called unicorn, which is are, are unicorns, which is a private equity company, a venture capital company that has a billion dollar plus market capitalization. And there's lots of these companies out there with billion, two billion, three, five, ten billion dollar market caps. They're not making any money anywhere, and they have no prospect of making money. And, and so all of a sudden, people are looking at this. And 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 they're they're going. Hey, these companies have to make money. So it's causing a, a massive shift out there right now. All the companies, every firm from Uber to uh, to Grubhub to uh, 
these different type of companies out there like that, they're all having to kind of show they can actually make money. The scooter companies, the delivery companies, there's just one company after another that that is, is every time they, they conduct a transaction, they lose money and they're hoping to make it up on volume. It just, you know, it it, it doesn't make any sense. And so uh, that that's causing a massive shift. And, and, and it's getting worse. And then we had the Peloton deal come out and Peloton didn't do well. ET didn't do well. Lots of them just aren't doing well when they come public. And that's a result of, of way excessive valuations in the private, uh, in the venture capital market. And it also is a result of, of companies that really, since they stayed private so long, no one ever really looked at their profitability at all because there was so much venture capital money, they really didn't need to go public. And the only reason they weren't, went public finally, quite frankly, was is the venture capital people wanted to just get their money out. And and, and so once they did that, people were like, wait, these guys aren't making any money. And they're going, well, yeah, but they're growing. They're adding more more customers, but you're, you're like, but what they're not making any money. Yeah, but we're adding more customers. And so, uh, so all these companies are changing up and we'll see if it works into the, into the, into the, uh, public companies as well. The trade war is over, which should be a positive, but there's a school of thought out there that the Chinese have been buying massive amounts of electronics parts and chips and everything else just to kind of hedge against a possible shut down of the market to protect themselves and does that slow down <laughs> i think that's going to be one of the bigger things we have to really see happening right now if if you look at the market i think about 35% of the s&p 500 came from two to three to four companies depending on which metric you used out of 500 companies in and so microsoft apple very expensive massive market capitalization companies and we'll see how those hold up uh so one of the themes for this year is the tech bubble is 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 the is the kind of the uh venture capital private equity implosion going to spread to technology overall some of the negatives there are going to be what's going to happen with and with uh privacy issues the more privacy issues you put on the tech companies the, the less profitable they are because a lot of them make an enormous amount of money selling your data data in your privacy your data is going to be one of the biggest themes over the next five years in the future your data is going to be worth money but the problem is what's happened is corporate america has monetized it but you actually own the data and so they've given you a few free things to get your data but people hadn't understand the value of data of data it's almost much much like uh mineral rights people originally you know 50 years ago didn't really understand the value of mineral rights now everybody understands the value of mineral rights it's the same thing with with your your personal data your personal data has a tremendous amount of value people have not understood the value of it and so they've given it away too cheaply these companies now that's going to be more expensive and there's going to be laws put in in addition there's concern about about too much power in avoiding a taxation. And so there's a lot of investigations going on about taxation, uh, power, and also privacy as well. Uh, and, and the third thing is really the antitrust. I think you can see an enormous push in antitrust. A hundred years ago, when Teddy Roosevelt was around, that's when, they, that's when they really went after the big oil companies, the big steel companies, and everybody else on antitrust grounds. I think that's going to be the way they're going to solve it. They're going to break up some of these companies and and force them back into different silos. And uh, and and I think that's going to be one of the big things. So you've got a lot of things starting to work against the tech companies. At the same time, you've got 5G, you've got the interconnection of products and different things like in a rapidly growing what we can do with these things as well. These two trends are clashing. So we'll see what's happening in the private equity and the venture capital. It's, it was really a bad year last year. And we'll see if it spreads into technology. this year. That's going to be one of the big themes for 2020 is what's going to happen to technology. It's had a massive run. It's very expensive. Uh, we we've, we talked about the, the valuation difference between the 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 valuation of the tech sector on the S&P 500 is close to where it was in 1999 and and the oil sector which we talked about is at all-time lows i think it's 4% of the S&P 500 and it's been as high as is 15% or so so it's so tech is kind of overvalued so what happens to technology and and the the uh the, does the vc private equity 
kind of implosion, spread to tech, or does it keep going? That's going to be one of the big themes this year. I think you want to be a little cautious in technology. Another sector thing that, that we're going to sit and watch is, is going to be the election coming up. We've got an election coming up. And I've said this before, but if if I get if I if I get you know the head of the Samola car, uh, of, of you know one of the cartels in Mexico to run for president of the United States and he gets one percent support, the new mainstream media and actually not the mainstream, all the media will make it seem like he's going to win if the Democrat if he's the Democratic person running against Trump. They don't care. But it, they do this to anybody. They always make it seem like when Reagan won in a landslide against Mondale, a couple weeks before the election, it was neck and neck. And for sure, you know, they weren't real sure. They always make it seem like a horse race that sells more papers. Pe- more people watch TV if they think it's a horse race, if it's a tight race. And that's going to be the, with the election. And why that is important is if Bernie Sanders gets in there or Elizabeth Warren or someone else, that they're going to be. They're going to be sitting there trashing the the bank, trashing Wall Street, which is the easiest thing in the world because everybody hates the banks in Wall Street. They're going to be trashing the drug companies and and, uh, and other parts of the economy and corporate CEOs because nobody likes these people. And they're going to be talking about higher taxes, and that's not going to be positive. And so, you know, right now it's it, it you know it's kind of interesting. Mondale's ahead, but. If you, if you look at Warren and Sanders, they both have a pretty good amount of vote. Eventually, one of those two are going to drop out or they'll merge together. And once they do, that'll be a very potent force. And, and, and so the question is, can the moderates in the Democratic Party, which is either going to be Bloomberg or it's going to be uh, uh, Biden, uh, can they kind of somehow or a Buttigieg, can they somehow stop that? And, and so this is so there's going to be a lot of volatility, a lot of back and forth. It, the one week it's going to be Bernie Sanders is going to be winning. The next week it's going to be it's going to be uh, uh, Biden is going to be winning. And, and, and you know, so Ber- so Elizabeth Warren's going to have to do something. And she's so she's going to suggest we nationalize Wall Street. And everyone will love that idea. And uh and 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 then, and then you know it's going to hit Wall Street. It's going to be just back and forth. And then Trump's going to say something like, "Yeah, yeah, I think we need to get tough with Wall Street too," just to show because they're, they're, it's going to be very populist on both sides. And there's going to be just a lot of that type of stuff happening, a lot of back and forth, a lot of who's it's going to be, a lot of one side's winning ahead the other. One week, uh, you know, Biden's going to be uh, beat Trump by 20 points. The next week, another poll is going to come out. Trump is going to beat Biden by 20 points. It's going to be back and forth all over the place on all sides. And, and so a lot of volatility this year. Uh, I think the thing to watch for is the Iowa caucuses coming up. And then in the March, you're going to see a bunch of these caucuses and primaries hit all at once. Uh, they've got some super Tuesday type of caucuses. And that, again, is going to lead more to volatility. So you have to understand that. I think the market kind of has a free way to do things for the next two and a half months or so. Then look out. <clears throat> Having said that, the the Iranian thing is kind of throwing a wrench into things. So this is a lot of volatility. We've got Iran. We've got the Brexit coming up. We've got the election coming up. Just a lot of stuff is going to be happening. And so I think you're going to see enormous amount of volatility this year, up and down. Uh, and so this is going to be the, the volatility is going to be one thing that you want to watch. I think you're going to see some liquidity events this year. And by that, I mean, you're going to see situations where people rush to sell whatever group or sector or asset class, and they're going to find there's not much liquidity underneath it. And you're going to see steep drops when it happens. <laughs> That's something I think we're going to watch. The the other big trend, one of the big trends we, we think we're going to be looking at is the dollar. The dollar's going up for several years. It's expensive. President Trump would like it down. And, and a couple things that are changing. There's a changing of the guard in 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 the UK and uh, excuse me, Europe and the EU. And uh, the new head of the central bank is uh, Madame Lagarde over there. She is replacing uh, the former banker who basically was a big proponent of negative interest rates, which has basically slowed the European economy down to recession levels and also caused the euro to drop. And uh, Mario Draghi. And and so what the what what Lagarde is going to do is she's going to try to normalize rates. That's going to put pressure. That's going to increase 
since rate interest rates are going to go up in Europe, you're going to see the the euro go up, and that's and the dollar is going to go down. But there's also pressure from everywhere in the world to try to get the dollar lower. The Chinese and the Russians are trying to get out of the dollar in a number of countries, and so look for a lower dollar. Okay, a lower dollar is very good for a couple things. It's very positive for the oil and gas sector because oil's generally priced in dollars. So a lower dollar means people can pay more overseas. It's very good for the precious metals sector as well that tends to outperform. Uh, it's good for commodities in general because many commodities are priced in dollars, so if the dollar goes lower, it should help our multinationals that export. Uh, it should help exports in the United States. And, and so a lower dollar is generally inflationary. Now, that brings us to the third thing that we're looking at this year is going to be inflation. And if we look at a lower dollar coming in, and if we look at at wages are going up. On the show last week, we talked about wages for people in, in the lower 25 percentile of, of, of wages went up last month at 4.5%. Yeah, 4.5%. And so that's a pretty quick move up in, in wages. Supposedly we have under inflation under 2%. Well, how is that happening when wages are going up 4.5% on the lower paid workers? And even on top 25% wages went up 2.9%. So what you're seeing is you're seeing wage push inflation in this country because people we, we have 3.5% unemployment, 50-year low in unemployment. People can't find workers. Every company out there is looking for workers. And, and so what that's doing is is that's people are, are changing jobs to get raises. They're, they're also telling their boss, hey, look, I can go somewhere else. So they're getting raises. So you've got some, some kind of push on inflation uh, from wage inflation coming in, which is the first time that's happened in well over a decade uh, in a long time. So this this is, again, another inflationary thing. You couple that with the lower dollar. And I think you're going to see more inflation coming in out there. I do think the change, the, the, look, three or four months ago, about two, two, two and a half, three months ago, it finally came out at the Federal Reserve uh, that they were going to go against the negative interest rates. They, they were talking about maybe doing negative interest rates. We sold our banks. We had big profits in the banks. And we're like, look, we can't. There's no way I can justify holding a bank in this country if we're going to go to negative interest rates. It's going to be disastrous for the financial system. And, and, and so, and then about a month later, the Fed finally comes out and says, "Look, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going to have negative interest rates. Instead, we're going to try to push down the lower, the front of the curve. One uh, six month, one two three year rates really low, and then keep the top, the further out, higher up to try to prevent that from happening." And that's going to be their strategy, and they rejected negative interest rates, which is a big deal. And so, but at the same time, the Europeans rejected, which means they have to raise rates. And so, what you have is you've got inflation coming in because of a lower dollar wage push inflation in the United States. And so, the this so look for more inflation. And and I think again, this is going to be good for commodities, precious metals. You've got a reasonably strong economy. You've got a tight labor sector. Uh, the rest of the world is going to start picking up. Europe is going to start recovering more demand for, for commodities and things. That's going to be so more inflationary. I think hard assets, which really lagged uh, the, last year, one of the worst performing sectors was oil and gas. That's going to start coming back. I actually I know some, peop, some, some people I know that sold their Exxon. And the reason I know the reason they did it. They would admit it to me was because their kid is some radical environmentalist was bugging them to death to sell Exxon because oil is going to go away in five years. Look, that all ended. And if you notice, the oils popped up right after the first of the year because the institutions were doing the same thing. Oil and gas, I think, are going to do pretty good this year. We'll be right back right here on the Max Out Savings Show. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka will return shortly. To speak with Ted Gioka now, call 713-339-1070. 
Back in a moment with the Max Out Savings Show. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. And now, more of the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. If you got a question or comment, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070 here at the Max Out Savings Show. We'll get your questions answered, 713-339-1070. Uh, earnings. What are earnings going to do for the S&P 500 next year? It, it, earnings were about – earnings jumped up from 17 to 18. If you remember, the market really didn't do anything that year. It went from $1.31 to $1.62. Well, the market was up big this year in 19. Earnings didn't do anything this year. They were about even from the year before. And we had a huge move up in the market. Well, what happened? Well, what happened was is the Federal Reserve came in and under this guise of of uh, of the repo problem, which I think is really suspect in my mind in general, but they used it as an excuse to pump in about a half a trillion dollars in over time into the into the markets within a money supply has risen at the fastest uh, rate in a number of years. And uh, basically they just pushed the market up. You know, the Fed basically engineered a higher market, which is very frustrating, you know, for people that actually do research and try to come up fundamentals and look at the markets, you know, and then the, the Fed comes out and starts setting asset prices, which quite frankly they've been doing for a decade. It, it, it just, it, 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 it's sometimes a little frustrating. And I think the Fed is nearing the end. And one of these days they're going to hit a wall and, and, and they're going to become completely discredited with, with this type of behavior because, I, you know, I feel very strongly that the Federal Reserve should not be in, in the business of setting asset prices, which, quite frankly, they have been in. And there's no place for that for a central planning organization in a free market capitalist society. And I think the Fed personally has to go. Uh, and I think that the, the United States should nationalize the Federal Reserve and, and throw these clowns out once and for all and force them to go on a budget like the rest of the United States. But we'll see about that. But but the interesting thing is, so earnings coming up, last two years, same place, 162, 163 for this year, ballpark. We don't have all our final numbers in, so this is a guess. For 2020, they're looking for 172. Now, typically... When the year starts, the earnings estimates are much higher than actually comes in unless the economy gets really good. And so I think there's a good chance that the earnings go virtually nowhere this year at all. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we have basically three years of no earnings growth. And so what, what the Fed did was they basically brought in 
a year or two of market gains in in uh, into last year based on on their quantitative they're not quantitative easing quantitative easing program that's what we that's that it's called as not quantitative easing because they're trying to pretend like it didn't happen but everybody know it knows it did so don't expect the earnings to come up uh and at Max Out Savings Advisors, what we think, what look, what I think is going to happen is, in 2020, I've been talking about this, is if I'm a corporate executive, we're going into election year, I want to make it look like, hey, I'm doing my part, uh, we're hiring workers, we're giving wage raises out, uh, because I'm kind of worried about, the, it, it's, it, on the right and the left of both parties, Democrats and Republicans, people are very populist in the center. I mean, it, the country's really turned very populist. And so you want to be saying, hey, look, you know, here at at, uh, at uh, Max Out Company, we're hiring, we're going to try to hire 10,000 workers and, and we're, we're giving raises. We can't really talk about that. But, we're you know, we're giving, matter of fact, we're, in addition, we're putting a new plant down in Ohio, uh, moving one from Mexico or China. I want to be able to say that. There's a lot of pressure at the board level. What are we doing? You know, it's an election year. They, you know, they're all kind of looking at this. And so I think there's going to be a lot more pressure. There's been an enormous amount of criticism about CEOs spending their tax break they got from President Trump on corporate buybacks. And so this year, I think you're going to see a shift. There's going to be more pressure to to, to put in new plant and equipment, increase research and development, raise, give raises and hire people to move plant and equipment back to the United States. Couple that with kind of we sort of are having a truce in the China trade war. So everyone kind of knows where it's going to be. Well, last year, companies sort of held off a lot of, 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 of spending in, in capital uh, CapEx because they weren't real sure what was going to happen. And so, so, you know, if I'm not spending money in anything, my profits go up. So I think they're going to be under pressure this year. And so I'm not convinced that the earnings are going to come in like people think. I think there's going to be enormous pressure to spend money on wages, employees, factory equipment, things like that. And so, so I think you're going to see problems with with the the S and P 500. I mean, with the earnings in the S and P 500. I don't think it plunges, but I don't think they're going to hit their numbers. And and we've got we're. Going in somewhat of a weaker period, we're slowing down with the 737 and the Boeing. So it's going to be this, the, the the fourth quarter and starting into the first is going to be a little weak because of that. I don't think I think I think they're going to get some solution out of Boeing because if I'm the president, I've already talked to the head of the FAA and I'm going to let them know that look, we want this matter solved by the first or second month of the new year because we got to have these plants up and running. There's an election coming up. I'm not even sure he needs to talk to him because those people know that. And there's going to be the whole government is going to want to try to spend money and get the economy going into the election. If you're Republicans or Democrats, it doesn't matter the difference who you are. That's what they always do. And so this is a, a few things are going to happen. So, again, that's going to pressure inflation. That's going to pressure corporate earnings. Uh, that's what we're looking at. The dollar could go down. So I think... I think it's going to shift over to more real economy, real assets, and less less on us on uh, generally just the the big capitalization tech stocks running up. Their their, their valuations and capitalizations are very stressed. So this is a couple of things we're looking at. Uh, I think you're going to see some volatility. I think sometime this year you're going to see a very substantial uh, drop in the market. I'll say a substantial drop, and. Uh, I think you want to watch out. If the market doesn't sell off in the first two weeks of the new year, it's liable to go up in for another month or two, and then we could see it go down. We we went and did a little bit of research on the on the on the last Iraq war, and the market really dropped off leading up to that war, and it was it was a pretty good decline. It basically went from about. About 370 down to 300, which is about a 20% drop over, over uh, three months. And so I don't look, I don't think we're going into war, but this is people aren't real sure. And so it's going to slow things down a little bit. So something to think about uh, uh, some of the things that didn't do as well last year are going to do much better this year. I think hard metal, I think we're going into tw- the 20s are going to be a more inflate, are, are going to be a more real asset type of environment. 
than the past. I think you're going to see more inflation. If you don't see deflation, if you don't see inflation, you're going to see deflation. If that happens, that's going to be good for gold too. You're going to see this is going to play out through a decline in the dollar and the currencies. What we talked about. This is always going to play out through the currencies because these the. the the interest rates are too closely controlled by the central bankers now. So in the past, it's been interest rates that move things. Now it's going to be currency, something that's for a bigger trend over the long term. So anyway, that's what we're doing. A couple things. Uh, New Year, uh, we sent out our most recent Max Out Savings report, and we talk about the SECURE Act. One of the big changes is, if you turn 70 and a half this year in 2020, you don't have to take out your RMD for your required minimum distribution for your IRA or 401k until age 72. That's a big story, uh, something to think about. Uh, also, there's a, the big change is, is also with beneficiary IRAs and Roth IRAs. You have to you, you have to take out all of that money within 10 years. If you if if the if if the person that owned it before passes away after January first after December thirty first of last year or on January first in twenty twenty so if you pass away in twenty twenty or in the future and you inherit an IRA from that person you're going to have to take out a hundred percent of the money within ten years that's a big change and it's going to take more uh, planning. And this is one of the big changes we're going to see happen. So we write some about this. If you're didn't, if you're not on our Max Out Savings report list, go to the website maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com, and uh, sign up for the free report. It's free, and we write some about this stuff. We're going to put more in our outlook. We're still working on that, expanding it. We're we're actually making changes and kind of adjusting the portfolios uh, right now for the new year. And I think it's going to be completely different from next year. So when we talk about that now, tell you what, uh, this is, uh, the last segment of the show. If you'd like to call in and have a question or comment, give us a call at 713-339-1070, 713-339-1070. And we'll be happy to answer your question. <coughs> the, there was a recent study by the health and, uh, retirement, uh, uh Study. It's called Health and Retirement Study put together. And it, it, it came up with some interesting statistics is that the average retirement wealth uh, by age group, t- looking at people from 50 to 95, is, is going down. So if the, the, people, the people with uh, age, say, 60, 69 to 75 had the highest. Typically, past that, it goes down a little bit. And then it went down from 63 to 69, 57 to 63, and 51 to 57. Had the, low, the, the people in the early 50s had the lowest adjusted retirement wealth in 2016 dollars. So what they try to do is see how do these people change over the last couple years. And what they found is <clears throat> the, the people in that age group have less retirement wealth. Now, here's the interesting thing about that is it includes uh, – uh, 401k plans, defined benefit plans, uh, 401ks, 457, non-defined benefit contribution, and housing in Social Security. Now, if you think about that, over the last three years, housing has kind of gone up. The market's gone up. So what what the change, if you look at it, if you really dig into the study, what's happening is is the changes for young, as people get younger, they don't have the Social Security benefits that the, that they're – their elders had and, and so they have a lot of look a lot of people coming to us i mean we have a lot of people that can pretty much live close to on social security between the husband and the wife and we see that a lot and then so the retirement wealth you know some a lot of people don't even take the money out of the account but for for younger people even they're starting in their 60s and in in you know the mid 60 to 65 and then 50, uh, 55 to 60 and then as you get to 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 fifty to fifty five area, uh, they don't th- their retirement benefits. They have to retire later, and they're going to be less. And, and so that's kind of it's 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 cut down in their total retirement wealth. And so what what younger people, people under age sixty, really need to understand is is you need to save more money for retirement. And one of the reasons is is because you're not going to have as rich of benefits on Social Security as as the people that. 
as the people as as your parents and the people in their in their six, late sixties and seventies because their their social security benefits are better and the bigger danger to that is it's going to get tougher over time and if inflation comes up it's going to be an even bigger problem we really believe that retirement money should be invested with with a lot of inflation protection because that's what can really wipe you out and what we see is so many people out there depend on Social Security, which gets some inflation adjustment, but quite frankly, it's never, it, it, it's always going to be a lot less than inflation. Or if they have annuities or if they have a pension, the, those annuities and pensions aren't inflation adjusted. And, and so if you get the inflation, that's going to wipe out a lot of retirement plans. And I think for the next decade, for this new decade, I think you're going to have to pay a lot more attention to inflation. We went through one last decade in basically a deflationary environment. That's coming to an end, and one of the reasons it's really dangerous is it's been deflationary because the Federal Reserve has pumped in so much money and pushed down the prices, or or that capital has gone in to to lower the cost of everything. That's starting to change. Money's going to get tighter, and also the Fed is near the end of what they're able to do. They push their balance sheet up as much as they can. They've taken interest rates as low as humanly possible. They tried negative, and it didn't work. So they're losing the ability to do things. And so I think for the next decade, and this is really important, is you're going to have to have the ability to protect yourself from inflation. It's not there yet. But when it happens, it's going to happen quickly, and it's going to happen through a currency adjustments. And those tends to happen real quickly. You ask the people in Argentina and other places what happens to them, and they wake up one day, and 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 their income's gone down 25%. And this is why it's so important to have that inflation protection. It's not talked about because we've had basically uh, 30, uh, golly, 40 years of declining inflation. That's going to end. you got a reckless Federal Reserve flooding the system of money. And one thing we learned this year was, I tell you, the big thing we learned in 19 is, the Federal Reserve and the central banks cannot back off their – the talk was always, look, we'll shrink the balance sheet down. The Fed tried that, and what happened? They couldn't do it. They had to flood it back up under the guise of this repo problem. So inflation will be the big story. A couple things real quickly. Go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. Sign up for the free report. If you need help, you can request an appointment there. We're happy to help you with your retirement. And also, remember our motto and philosophy to save aggressively, invest conservatively. We'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca on AM 1070, The Answer.